This is the Great Groups Podcast. Today we're replaying the later gathering for those who missed it or those who would like to hear it again. At the gathering, Pastor Matt encourages us to continue to go strong to our community. You're listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. Okay, like we mentioned, we're going to review some of the leader gathering. We had a really good crowd. It was a fun day, great food. But some of you had some conflicts, so um, we're going to give you the opportunity to hear that again. And uh, Chris, somebody in your family was signed up and was a no-show. What was that all about? Well, she wasn't a no-show. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, I knew she wasn't going to make Yeah, my wife yeah. was sick, so oh, she uh, could not make it, unfortunately. Oh, she's better now. She is feeling a little bit better. Yeah, we even had one small group leader that was in the hospital. I mean, what a lame excuse. I mean, really? <laughs> Right? Make sure they bring a doctor's excuse on the way back. Yes, yes. So um, anyway, we're going to replay some of the content for you, particularly uh, Pastor Matt's part, which is easy to put on a podcast. The table discussions are not. It sounds like a room full of people talking around tables. Yeah, it'd be hard to decipher. Yes. Um, uh, So we're going to bring you some of it, but four things that are irreplaceable. The bacon, eggs, and biscuits, and the cinnamon apples from phenomenal Cracker Barrel. They were good. Uh, The fellowship with other leaders, we cannot bring that to you. Nope. The uh, practical ideas of what other leaders are doing, that is always awesome. Yes. Yep. And We, we and, could probably bring that if we wanted to. Yes. And time <laughs> with my elder. That was awesome. Yes, it was. Yes. And Chris, I think serving as an elder now, you had a table full of people. How was that? I did. Yeah, it was, uh, it was great. We had some great moments um, just kind of diving into issues that all the different small groups are walking through and uh, we're able to b- bounce ideas and, and discuss the different uh, challenges that they're facing and have some past experience that uh, would support, you know, mm-hmm. solutions to some of those problems. Yeah, that's cool. I was thinking about the meeting, and I think the inspirational thoughts came from Matt, but the implementation ideas, I got some from other leaders at my table, which, uh, hey, I've been in this a long time, but I am I still learn, and I still am reminded of things. Hey, I really need to do that. One of my ideas was, uh, I've, I've done this before, but it, another leader said it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get back to this, and I'm going to try to do this well. Just set aside one Sunday a month, like do like an evangelism focused first Sunday of the month, uh, kind of a small group strategy statement, second Sunday of the month, just some short quotes just to get the group talking and remind them what group is about. Like uh, I heard another podcast and they said, part of this group we want you to know is we're not designed just to be Sunday morning friends. We want to do life together. So yeah, that's good. Uh, week three mission support. We've got a, Group uh, got a family from our group that's serving in Slovenia. We've talked about that before. So we'll maybe focus on them week three and week four. Uh, talk about either how to have great conversations in group or team roles, you know, and get, getting other people involved. So that was that was a great idea I brought away from the, uh, the meeting. And so we're going to uh, – a lot of this meeting we'll hear Pastor Matt. And then in the next podcast, we're going to review some of those ideas, actually 11 ideas to implement in group to help – train people up. So for the rest of the podcast, Chris, let's just cut away and hear Pastor Matt talk about inspiring us to go strong. We want you 
And we want all of us to open our mouths and speak the gospel to the people in our streets, in our neighborhoods, in the cubicle next to us, at our, um, yeah, in, in, on the student playground, that kind of thing. We just want to open our mouths and speak the gospel to the people around us. So that's what this year is all about. We're still in the middle of it. It's not over. And uh, secrets out. When it's over, it's not over, right? So when the too strong emphasis is technically ended, really all it did was hopefully, by God's grace, catalyze our whole life as a church to be about strengthening brothers and sisters in Christ and making our lives count for God's glory um, in the gospel, advancing the gospel. So too strong year two, growing strong as a church, going strong to our community. I just want to read a brief passage from John 4. Uh, You don't have to have brought your Bible, but if you did, then you can open it up and read along with me in just a moment. What what I love about um, John's gospel, and we saw this when we studied through the gospel of John a couple years ago, is, um, is it's unique in the sense that in John's gospel, you get more occasions where Jesus is talking in one-on-one conversations with individuals. You get more of that in John's gospel than any of the other gospels. Uh, matter of fact, a friend who's uh, a pastor in Winston-Salem, he did a, a series through the gospel of John and he called it the conversationalist because it was around that idea of we get to eavesdrop on Jesus being a gospel conversationalist, offering hope, offering himself. So for example, in John Chapter three, Jesus is in a one-on-one conversation with a religious teacher. The guy's immediate question is theological, but Jesus addresses his deeper need as you need to be born again. So I, I hear your question. We're going to talk about those things, but where we ultimately need to go is the wind blows through the trees and what you need is rebirth. You need rebirth by the spirit. And then Jesus gets into a conversation with a guy who's a blind man in John chapter nine. And the guy's immediate need is physical. Jesus answers the immediate physical need on his way to addressing the deeper spiritual need of spiritual blindness. And he opens his eyes and says, I'm the Messiah. And he reveals his identity. Awesome moments, right? And then there's John chapter four, which we'll read here, where Jesus encounters a woman at the well. Her immediate question is is about water. And he addresses her deeper need, which is forgiveness, Right, so he's, he takes what's offered in a one-on-one conversation moment, he finds a point of contact, and then he presses forward to offer himself and the hope that's found in Christ. So here, John chapter four, I'm just gonna read a few verses to us, starting in verse 25. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming who is called Christ. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. This is the big reveal moment. Jesus told her, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then his disciples arrived and they were amazed that he was talking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? The woman left her water jar, went into the town, told the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they, the people who heard her, left the town and made their way to him. In the meantime, the disciples kept urging him, Rabbi, eat something. So the backstory is, if you're familiar with John 4, they go off because Jesus is hungry, so they go off to get food, 
presumably for themselves and for him, bring back a bag of food. They've got, hey, we've got the food. And Jesus is not interested, apparently, in eating. And so here this woman goes and runs off. They want to ask the question while we're even talking to her, what's going on here, right? In the meantime, it says, verse 31, they're urging him, we brought the food, right? <laughs> uh, eat something. But he said, I have food to eat that you don't know about. The disciples said to one another, could someone have brought him something to eat? (laughs) My food, he says, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And Jesus told them, don't you say there are still four more months and then comes the harvest? Listen to what I'm telling you. Open your eyes and look at the fields because they are ready for harvest. And the beautiful thing is, when they lifted up their eyes, what they didn't see is literal fields. What they saw was a town coming. Because she said, come meet a man. I think he could be the Messiah. Here comes the town, and he says, here comes the harvest. All right, so, and I think that's just such a beautiful, beautiful text when we think about one-on-one conversations that lead good places, that lead to to revealing the good news, the the core hope that's found in Jesus Christ. My best friend from college, his name is Bruce. Uh, We connected my very first day in college and uh, I was the best man in his wedding. He stood in my wedding. He's now a missionary. He's been a missionary in Ukraine for many years. And uh, he does mission through a coffee house. He started a little coffee shop in a town in Ukraine And there he looks for opportunities to share the gospel with people. And then he's raised up others who know how to share the gospel with people. Then he's launched other coffee houses and they use it as a a cover for conversation, genuine conversations. And if you go to his website and you see the motto or you get his newsletter, the motto at the very top is lift up your eyes, the fields are ready. And he believes that because he sees it on a daily basis. He's in conversations right over cups of coffee where he gets to tell people the one hope of the world. About, um, about a month ago, Paula and I, we've been getting into pickleball lately, uh, which is a lot of fun and a great way to hang out with retirees uh, because most of the people we play with are, are retired and they will own you on a pickleball court. They don't act like it, but then you get out there and it's brutal. Um, so we were out there about a month ago and, um, and we walked up and it was a little bit different. You know, there's a picnic table there, there at Herdmont and you set all your stuff and Paul and I started our stretches and we're just kind of getting our gear out and getting ready to go. Uh, and a lady comes up, we'd never seen her before and she comes up, introduces herself and she says, I'm a physical therapist in the area and she was giving out, uh, business cards <laughs> It's like, she's super smart. I mean, that is, that's a genius move, right? Uh, you have found the right people. Um, and she's given out her card and she's kind of just dropping her brief spiel on us, which is like, here are the ways that you can get injured in pickleball. And I can help you with that. And she gives her card. And I'll just be honest with you. I wasn't super excited about uh, being handed a business card at a park bench at Herdmont while I'm holding my pickleball paddle. It's like, I don't, I don't come to Herdmont to hear a sales pitch. I come to hang out with friends and play pickleball. All right, so that's kind of my honest reaction. I, we listened, we greeted her, we introduced ourselves. Welcome to Birmingham, glad you're here, that kind of thing. And then once she was done with her, uh, her talk, a, a new couple had just come up and arrived. Um, and she said, well, I've taken enough of your time. Let me go tell them. So she goes and brings her cars and walks over to people we knew. They're Christians. They go to Valleydale. 
we've gotten to know them a little bit. Um, and so she goes over and starts talking to them. Paul and I go out to the court. We start playing pickleball. And uh, next thing you know, the wife of this man comes over and whispers to Paul in between plays and says, pray for my husband's conversation. And so we look over from the pickleball court and we can see he is engaged in a serious conversation. You can tell this is not some sales-based conversation. It is a serious conversation going on there. And so we're quietly praying just while we're batting the ball around. And then the game ends and we start walking over to in the in-between the, the table there to regroup. And, uh, and this woman just starts bawling. And the moment she breaks, he's, he was reclining. He was sitting on the picnic bench. He stands up, elderly man, and just bear hugs this younger lady. And it was like she just, she just broke in his arms and just wept on this man's shoulders. And it was such an instructive moment for me because it, it was a realization that there are in so many ways people who are close to us and they're far from God they're, or they're close to us. They might not even feel they're far from God. They're far from hope, maybe. Maybe that's all they feel right now. They have an immediate need, an immediate question, an immediate burden. And so we found out later on the backstory and what led to that place and it was that this man, um, the Christian man from Valleydale, he and his wife, they asked more questions than the rest of us did. They took interest in what made you move to Birmingham? And they found out, I moved to Birmingham to care for my mom. She's on hospice. And then her mom, the previous week, had died. And he leaned into that conversation and began to share the hope that we have in Christ. And she was ready for it. And responded to the gospel, praise God, right? That's kind of what Too Strong is all about. (laughs) Year two is all about us just saying, hey, when you read through the gospel of John, here's Jesus bumping into person after person after person. And it's not like this cookie cutter packaged thing that he gives, everybody gets the same thing. It's it's contextually located. His hope is situated to the thing that they're presented with. He's presented with a need and he brings not just their immediate superficial need that they know about, but he brings them the deeper solution that is himself. So that was just the takeaway story um, for me, for Paula. What I saw as a sales pitch to endure on my way back to time with friends our friends saw as an opportunity to lean forward and share the hope of the gospel. Now, I don't share that as a kind of backhanded, uh, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> backhanded guilt trip to make you think that you, uh, you can never just listen to a sales pitch and let the conversation end. That, okay, right. Um, but is our antenna up? I felt like maybe just in God's providence, God prompted this man and his wife just to say, hey, Lean in for a second. Let's see what happens. And they did, right? Again, the reminder for me, there are people around us who need the hope that we have. I've had a lot of conversations with my barber. Uh, I've shared some of this with our PST so that they can pray for opportunities that I have with her to share the good news. And we've gone a lot of different places in spiritual conversations. And it wasn't until this week, so fresh do, right? uh, It wasn't until this week 
that uh, I've never seen her cry. We've talked about all kinds of spiritual things. I've never seen her cry until this week. And I hadn't learned until this week that her dad committed suicide last year. And I found out just two days ago how the dominoes that fell in that have affected her and her young daughter, Gracie. And so let me encourage you to pray for Morgan and Gracie. Uh, now there's another opportunity to, to minister. We, I got to share with her even there. But there's people all around us. Here's the idea. We've got good news, <laughs> right? So what if our whole church walk through life, everyday life with our antennas up, raised and aware, right? Not just when we're sitting in rows that we're talking about evangelism, right? In, in church gatherings, but when we're sitting in circles, in your small groups, are there ways for us to fan into flame evangelistic fervor and passion to advance the gospel and to speak the good news? What if we urged each other? And so that's, that's one of the purposes. We've got you in the room here today. We want to seize this opportunity to say, what if you, again, told the people who are sitting in front of you in your small groups, hey, lift up your eyes, the fields are white. The fields are, are ready for harvest. So questions for you just to think about. And you've got some to discuss, and I'm going to kick it over to our tables to discuss this together in just a second. But um, let me just summarize it by, by saying a couple of things here. Uh, how can we, as small group leaders, take an active posture of faith toward what God will do through our lives? So how can you keep your group praying for the lost by name, right? How can you find ways to draw out stories of how God is using them to open their mouths and speak the good news and reach out to people in their lives or in their circles of influence, right? How can you encourage people in your groups to use um, those prayer journals that we gave out last semester? Uh, so when we first started the live the, the second year of Too Strong, uh, we did a series called Live Sent. And that was our way of just kind of putting a big banner over year two and saying, let's lean in. And one of the things we did was we gave everybody prayer journals and said, use this, right? And the, the idea wasn't that everything that it's used for needs to be prompted from the front or prompted by the states. Like use it in organic, use it in your own ways. Think of ways that you can include scripture, verses that you're memorizing, that kind of thing to stoke your passion to share the gospel. So how can you in small groups utilize those prayer journals, give people prayer prompts or give people things to write down and recall? And then, <clears throat> said this before, uh, when we were about to start year two, we gave you a heads up because we want you to know things first. It's important and it's helpful for you to know things first. So I gave out in book giveaways and I don't have book giveaways here uh, this morning, but we did book giveaways. And one of them, a number of them were resources based on evangelism. So we just encourage you, reconsider if this is a time, if you haven't already done this, reconsider, is this a time to grab the book Honest Evangelism by Rico Tice or, or some other great resource before you share your faith by Matt Smithhurst or another and walk through something brief with your small group just as a fresh uh, provocation, um, a fresh jolt to your group to consider some of these things together. All right, so I'm going to kick it over to um, to our tables for us to discuss some things for about 20 minutes, and then and then we'll have some other things on our way out before we're done. But let me just say thank you again. We love you guys. We're so thankful for the way that you serve and pour yourselves out uh, day in and day out in our church. So let me lead us in prayer, and then I'll kick it over, and y'all can just take it from there. Okay. Father, thank you for uh, these friends. Thank you for the gift of uh, 
the local church and that you've brought us into the same local church. Um, Thank you for the grace that we've received in Jesus Christ, for the hope that we have, eternal hope. And I pray that we would live in such a way that we would model evangelistic fervor. We would model it in the way we pray. We would model it in the way that we engage those around us this week. I pray that it would catch like fire. It would be contagious all over our church. We would see more and more baptisms, more and more salvations, more and more picnic table conversations at Herdmont that lead to deep and warm embraces. Oh God, you can do this. You love doing this. And we pray that we would be ready and eager to participate in the mission. Help us to be bold, help us to be dependent, help us to be prayerful and responsive to the prompting of your spirit. Thank you for these friends. Encourage them in their labors and in their work. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all for this episode of The Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of Great Groups. Make Disciples.